0: Are you ready for the best damn podcast of your whole life? I'm starting. Oh! If
1: you had to give something up, would you give up beer or caffeine?
0: Oof! It have to be beer. I couldn't function without coffee. Could not. Yeah, I rely very heavily on coffee and Mountain Dew. <laughs> That'll get me through the long days. But you know, there's some long days in the, in the cold seasons where you rely very heavily on a six-pack, too. It's true. Yeah. There goes another chair. <laughs> uh,
1: we haven't even started the show, and Will has broken two chairs.
0: Two chairs. Same kind. Um, same way.
1: Most of the serious, like, fishermen slash beer drinkers I know, that's the answer. There is a bit of an asterisk in there though, right? Because it's not would you, it's not booze or caffeine, it's beer or caffeine. Which is still like significant, right? I would For not sure. wanna be out here drinking Captain Morgan right now. No. But I don't I my mornings would be very hard. Are you going to make me stand here to go get another
0: chair? Are we pausing? Well, either you have to talk a bunch or i got to go grab another chair. All
1: right, this is Walleye Talk with Will and Dan. We've got a nice episode for you where Will and I talk about how we've been struggling a little bit. Um, Before we get to that, though, we're going to hear from Pork Having fun in the sun on the lake, Local dealer today. <laughs> Will is now in the <laughs> it's a dining room chair. It's a wooden chair.
0: <laughs> well, you didn't give me enough time to go get a nice, comfy camping chair, so I went and found one in the garage. Man, I usually feel short. Now I feel like
1: extra short. Your, your, your head is 18 inches above mine. That's uh. There's nothing funny you can say. Nope. All right. We're going to do a weekend review. (laughs) Uh, We're going to talk about the
0: transition of seasons. Uh, we got a listener question. Mid-season prep work, Groundhog Day. We've got DNR update. And then uh, that's all we're going to do. Review. And then we're out of here. It is a beautiful summer day. It is. Um, Why you come to Minnesota? This is is it. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, all those folks bailing out of the I states—they're all like, "Oh, it's hot down home. It's hot and dry down home. I'm happy to be up in the north." <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's a, that's a good. Uh how's your week? You know, it started out really good. It started out really, really good. Had a banger day, pulling spinners, um, and then it just started to taper off. Had a real grinder. I do real grinders out on woman, where you work, and I, it seems like this week I've worked way harder and caught way less fish than like at any other point in my career. I I just keep spinning and spinning and spinning, and I feel like I'm doing a good job of being over fish, putting good presentations in front of fish, and I'm not successful, and hmm. I don't I don't know how to remedy that, but. I don't know. We'll talk about how I suck. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give up fishing. Pick up, you know, knitting or, you know, maybe racquetball. Who knows? You'd be good in the racquetball court, but... Maybe. Big wingspan. I can just see you, with your hand straight up all the time. You hand straight up, and then I get hit right in the nards. <laughs> I'll get the high one. I we
1: I feel like we've had similar experiences. Part of like operating in the guide world for a long time now and having just like talking with multiple guides as you start to realize like yeah things are just kind of hard right now right like you didn't
0: necessarily suck it's just that they just not biting so good makes me feel like i suck though yeah for sure there's walleyes right here Mm -hmm. and i can't help but show especially for struggling i can't help but show people like these are all walleyes Mm -hmm. um i'm not a wizard yeah (laughs) Yeah, we're and uh, you know I,
1: you can blame the bugs. That's for sure one thing you could do. I don't. I feel like it's like I used to blame the bugs a lot. Like and I feel like the bugs are just part of the time of year when fishing gets tough. A bigger like they, they bigger play picture. a part in it, but it is a bigger picture where um, it's just that that season. Really, the start of summer is a pretty good marker for a changing walleye outlook. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I've had I've had a couple slow days too. I've had some good days, which like the good days they feel great, but like I had a real nice evening with my a couple of my uncles and a buddy of theirs on a little lake and it was like one I really wanted to go well. And they had not all been going well leading up to it. Really wanted it to go well and it did. Super good. But the whole time we're fishing together it's, like, in the back of my head that I have another trip starting in, like, 16 hours, and there's, like, no guarantee that it might be polar opposite, For right? For sure. There's no, like, whereas early in the year and, you know, later into September, you're like, man, I'm going to build off of this one, and we're going to pound on them tomorrow. Right. And that to this time of the year, you just sort of have to embrace the, you know, good hour you might have, good evening you might have good start of your morning you might have but know that it's not gonna last and things are gonna change which can be like i like that i like that challenge but you're
0: gonna get humbled i had a i had a morning trip it would have been a well it was a few days ago and it started that first hour we caught six i was like man we're gonna we could have a really 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 good day here Mm -hmm. and the next three hours, we caught two walleyes. Now, if you look back, and we kept five of them, it wasn't a bad day. Mm-hmm. Caught some smallmouth, caught some, caught some pike. Um, now, if you look back at the hole as a whole, eight fish really isn't that bad for not, this time of year. Not at all. But, but to catch it's it that lake is notorious for doing that to you, where you catch them all right away, mm-hmm. and then you just suck the rest of the day. Sure. Yeah. And uh, it's it. It's more of a perspective than anything where, you know, you almost get your hopes up thinking that I found, I found a pattern in a school of fish that might do it for the whole day, mm-hmm. and then they just quit.
1: Yep. That's, like, a big adjustment I've been – it's hard to – well, like, so I, right now I'm fishing bobbers a lot still. I'm pulling spinners, and often those two are, like, competing for my time, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what, what do I want to do? And the hard part of it is like, like today, today I started with bobbers, I had like a very well thought out spinner plan, but started with bobbers and like got enough of a glimpse of success to be like, well, we, I, I don't want to take these rods out of these people's hands right mm-hmm. now and have them try something new. But if you're going to do that at 10 o'clock in the morning switch, it doesn't matter if that might've been like a, a good call right away. Between ten and noon, it's probably not going to be nothing. Is going to be a good call, right? Right. Right. So, um, and then you're always left wondering, like, well, what if I had just started with everybody pulling spinners? How would our day have ended up? You
0: can't look at it like that, though.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, you always have to like wonder that, if, you know.
0: Yeah, but it's it's similar to that. Your your tournament talk, shit that you don't sure. like. Oh, but if I would have done this, I would have won. Yeah. Um, yeah. it's the same scenario. Just in different contexts.
1: Yeah. But um. then I think like I wonder if there aren't sort of giveaways based on what you're seeing on your graph as to what is the better call, you know? Cause sometimes those bobbers don't stay up. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they won't.
0: They don't go down they at don't all. Go down. I had a trip with a good listener's name's Eric Barclay.
1: Um, and his bobbers, his group's bobbers would not stay up. <laughs> what happened, man? They just kept going down. <laughs> it was a fun trip. And uh, some of our... It's interesting, some of our smaller lakes have walleyes and smallmouth already overlapping. Yeah, and then, it seems early, doesn't it? Yeah. And yeah. then, like, woman doesn't appear to. But then, we've talked about in the past that, like, smallmouth sometimes don't bite
0: either. Oh, yeah. And then Eric and I were talking about how spinners... Don't catch smallmouth. Can't say I've ever caught one on a spinner rig.
1: And he, I brought it up, and like I knew there were smallmouth on this stretch, and they, we weren't catching them. And he's like, "Yeah, I fish spinners on my lax, and I can't think of a time where I've caught a smallmouth on it." Interesting. And isn't like, it? if there's any a place,
0: any place where you're gonna, for sure, it's gonna be out there. Yeah.
1: Why wouldn't they eat
0: that? I don't know. They should. Yeah. I I almost think now I can tell... I think I can tell the difference, especially on my down image between a smallmouth and a walleye, especially if it's a good-sized smallmouth. Um, there's a... You know, I talked to one of the... I don't know if he listens, but a buddy of mine, Jake Mastell, He he's a big bass fisherman. He fishes a woman a lot, and he fishes for smallmouth. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, they certainly do mark differently, and, I mean, seeing enough of them makes a difference, but um, there's a definite height difference between sure. a, a good walleye mark and a, a good smallmouth.
1: Yeah. Mark. I noticed that on my side imaging. Like, really? Yeah. Where the shadow is very tall and have had that proven a couple times with bobbers, like watching a bobber and seeing the mark on my side image, you're like, okay, that's very close to that fish and it's a high mark and then it ends up being a big smallmouth. That happened today. Interesting. Like, watched the bobber go down and told the guy, like this is a nice fish. I think it's a smallmouth. Make sure you get a good hook set into it. Into a smallmouth.
0: Did it come just jumping right out of the water? I had yeah. One one of them today did. Nice.
1: And the guy had reeled <laughs> he had like eighteen inches of line out. Like he got on the fish real quick and so like the bobber was pinned to the guide. Oh <sighs> And then the fish jumped out of the water and like right next to the boat. I'm
0: like, oh, this is not, this is not going to go well. <laughs> Sinkers and swivels and bobbers yeah, flying all yeah. over the place. How did it end?
1: Uh, 20 and a half inch smallmouth in the net. Oh, my It's a God. nice one. What a freak. Yep. What a freak. I butchered it for Andy Jorgensen. He likes eating those six pounders. <laughs>
0: Good thing he doesn't care about this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. That one went back. (laughs) That's a tank. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: Overall trends for me have been... I have not done a whole lot of rigging. I feel like just in general this year, I haven't done a whole lot of rigging. Um, Part of it is a lot of the fish are using bottom content that has, like, scuzzy stuff on them. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that's just a coincidence or not, but... Uh, rigging is challenging. Even if you blow up your crawler, even if you use a floating jig head, um, it's hard to keep your bait clean. So then if you, Yep. And then if you're dealing with, like, limited bites in general, and it's spending, like, a third of your time with baits that aren't looking
0: right, it, it's hard for me to think that that's the right approach. So. And you try and tell people to check your bait often, and it's never often enough.
1: It's either never often enough or too often, right? Mm-hmm. Because, like, well, they also don't get the... It, it's, like, a reason i
0: wanted a graph in the front
1: because it's real frustrating when folks are...
0: Oh, I see a mark. Yep, yep. Crank it in and... Yeah.
1: So like, no, I tell
0: you, Mark, just, go, just to make sure you stay down there, not to come check your right your, your rig out.
1: Right. Um, but bobbers and little jig and half a crawler have been good. Um, spinners... On a sing- with a single hook and half a crawler has probably been
0: best for me. I've been doing a lot better with double hooks. Really? Yeah. With a full crawler or three quarters of a crawler. them crawlers are big this year.
1: Huge. Well, that was like an issue for me. Like, I had it very clearly. A guy was pulling a harness with a full crawler or close to it, and I clipped the clipped the back hook and went down to half a crawler, and he got bit immediately. Interesting. But those were like a lake that has a bunch of 14, 15 inchers on there. I feel like a full crawler is maybe just like a little
0: big, you know? Yeah. Well, I I had no problem. I had problems catching them on, you know, how big you just do like a finger's length of night crawler when you do a pinch crawler? Less than that. You do like two inches, three inches? Yeah. Well, I may be going too big on a single hook because I've been, I'm, I'm not, I don't know, I can't even say I've been getting short bit on them, but I... I haven't had the same success as I had with a you know three quarter scholar with a two hook, sure. secret lake tackle harness. Right.
1: Um, any of you like spinner guys out there who are wizards at pulling spinners? Like, you and I are getting better, but definitely not wizards. Right. Um, I'd like to know, um, like the SLT spinners come on a six foot leader. I yep. wonder when when is there? Is there a time and place for a shorter leader? And like what is that? Like your leader length. It's nice to have I think that's why he does it, right? Because if you start with six feet, you can go down to five, four, three, two, however you For want. Sure. Um, you can't get longer on him. So when is it time to run a shorter leader instead of a longer leader? He's a Malax guy. Mm-hmm. I know like distance between any of your hardware and your bait is super important on Malax. Like you hear about guys running rigs with ten foot yeah, lead ten, twelve foot and stuff. But I wonder, uh, when is it time to shorten up?
0: Just something to yeah. Let us know. Has any insight? Let us know. Um, I've noticed smaller, brighter blades too have been good. I haven't haven't done much with natural colors. It's been all super bright, flashy blades.
1: I just have Mm -hmm. one blade
0: that's doing really, really
1: well for me, and it's his like I think he calls it a craw shad or crawdad. Um, it's like a perch pattern, but it's not super bright. It's sort of like a, they're dull, dull greens instead of bright greens. That one's been working really good for me. I don't know if there's very many available in Longville because they've been working pretty good for me. I know one of our bait shops (laughs) does not have any (laughs) So, Mm.
0: It's kind of, it's fun to to experiment and dive into something new. I mean... Do I wish I was jigging? Absolutely. But uh, it's fun to be successful and have, to, to go out there with confidence. Like, yeah, we're going to do this most of the day today. Mm-hmm. And this is what's going to be our best chance to catch fish. Yeah. I kind of enjoy that.
1: I agree. Yep. Uh, we were talking. We had a trip together. Um, cool. And We like, had a couple, didn't we? Yeah, we had two this last week. Yeah. I Look at you, us go. I owe you a bunch of money, actually. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice um, but like spinners I like when I get to the lake I'm like God, I, I'm gonna pull spinners out there and I this is I wanna I wanna do this and then as soon as I start I'm like god dang it, I hate phones. <laughs> but I don't know what the like uh, with spinners like I really enjoy it when they're getting bit mm-hmm. and when they're not it's super frustrating and part of it is you're like seeing like two and a half times as much water as you do if you're pulling if you're rigging so -hmm. if you're seeing two and a half times as much water you're going to like mark more fish and be more aware that there's like a lot of fish
0: not biting what you've got going on for sure i and i so i have been running it with my big motor a lot of times because unfortunately my warrior's got an 80 volt or uh not it's got a 24 volt system mm-hmm. and my batteries just don't make it even if i'm using my bow mount sure to pull them all day with a, with, so i use my big motor and i almost wonder especially on some of those fish that are in 12 feet of water i wonder if i'm spooking them hmm. sure. even if it's rough out i wonder if you know just this time of year with the warm water high metabolisms i wonder if i'm just spooking them with that yeah
1: all you got to do is like all they got to do is like skirt six feet right and, and not only that, but, like, well, this goes to, like, the dock conversation we had about panfish, you know? Like, the pe- the behavior of panfish around a dock, right? Oh, yep, yep. Like, if imagine, like, you cast your shatter- shadow over a school of little bluegills or something off your dock, and they just dart away, you know? Yep. Like, walleyes do the same shit. They just do it in 12 feet of water. Right. And if they dart away like that... Not only is their attention, like, focused away from where your baits are going to be, but they're also in, like, they're in, like, not-get-eaten mode instead
0: of let's-eat-stuff mode. Yep. So, I think you might be right. So, you're telling me I need to use planer boards? More planer boards. Yeah, more planer boards. If I put two of them together, I could effectively quadruple my distance. (laughs) I'm already using eight-foot rods. Eight-six, actually. (laughs) So we're looking at like 40 feet out. Right. Sounds like a good plan. <laughs> it's because it is a good plan, damn. No <laughs> holes in that one at all. Will you do like a 30 second spiel on how the week has been? Uh, week has been... We had some nice cool weather. Uh, the water actually on Leach yesterday was 66 degrees. And I thought, oh boy, here we go. Turned out to be my toughest day on Leach yet. Um, found... Pretty good schools of fish in spinner territory where I'd done a mediocre the couple days before. Um, had a really tough day. The only one I ended up getting, uh, it was also blowing super hard mm-hmm. yesterday. The only fish I ended up getting, uh, I about sunk the, sunk the boat going into it, rigging a crawler. <laughs> but boy, was it a nice bite. Just crushed it. Um, then I've, I've been able to find some scattered bluegills, um, making a meal anyway. So at least we've got some action. and actually, I'm actually finding some really nice bluegills. Um, not a ton of bites, but high-quality size, which is nice. Um, the Little Lakes. Pulling spinners has been best. Catching a handful on rigs when spinners aren't working. But spinners are catching 90% of my walleyes. Nice. Is that 30 seconds enough? It's about perfect. How about you, Dan?
1: S- about the same for me. Bobbers, spinners, few on rigs, few on little jigs and
0: crawlers or leeches you know i remember like three weeks ago i was like man i was this is gonna be the year of the jigging wrap i've caught like two fish on a jigging wrap since mm. that week I and did. i've tried them a lot have you yeah
1: i did catch a couple yesterday on i wraps. keep getting everywhere
0: i find a, they're here's dirty a, they're dirty yeah you
1: can't even like it's hard i try to time.
0: swim them and uh, mm. i snagged one. Oh boy <laughs> got one right in the pee hole yeah
1: yeah, I think that just reiterates our point that a lot of them are
0: over scuzz and that like takes a very successful tool out of play. Shallower than I, you know, like you look at two years ago, I remember finding fish much deeper on these lakes than I am right now. Yep. And I wonder if that's got a lot to do with it. Oh,
1: for sure. I think it is. Like I keep waiting for them to be in like 17 to 20 feet of water because then like a rig will be more successful out there. Right. Um, and jigraps will work. Um, but they're well, not. Why
0: there. are they in 12 feet of water?
1: I don't know. Food. Why are they
0: in 15 feet of water?
1: Food. Stupid food. And not not super warm. Maybe it is that, that we got the cool down that didn't push them out of the shallow stuff.
0: Um, yeah. Didn't push the bait out of the shallow stuff. Even when it was magma hot, it, they were still in 13 to 15 feet of water. Yeah. Crazy. Right. All right. We better take a break. We'll get over the, like...
1: Oh, yeah, we had we both had, like, working weeks where we had a couple good days and a couple
0: bad days. And oh, yeah, I'll push those bad memories out. It, it, it'll, be right. break, we'll yeah, be, it'll be a great week. after this break? Yeah, it'll be a great week, you know, in about 10 minutes. We'll get positive.
1: This week's episode of Walleye Talk is brought to you by Woman Lake Lodge, a premier destination in the Longville area. Here's what you got. You have a excellent walleye lake, excellent smallmouth lake, Excellent people at the resort, a place where you can fish slip-bobbers off of the dock and do all of your water t- skiing, tubing, all that stuff in a nice, quiet bay of one of the premier lakes in the Longville area. That means you're happy. That means your partner's happy. That means your kids are happy. WomanLakeLodge.com. Check them out. All right, we had a one listener question this week. We'd appreciate a few more. Yeah. Yeah. We, like, you we like
0: listener questions. Because
1: mm-hmm. otherwise it's just Will and I sitting here trying to figure out what the hell you guys want to hear us talk <laughs> about. <laughs> uh, we had a listener, Tom Poterica. I don't think that's how you say his name. Poterica? We're Maybe? going with it. All right. He's just wondering about bleeding fish, which has for sure become like a trend in the walleye world over the last, uh, I don't know, two years? I think last year is when I noticed it, so... What is bleeding fish?
0: Where you cut underneath, where the gill, gill plates meet underneath, you slit that part and kills the fish, all the blood comes out. Mm-hmm. What's the purpose of it, Dan?
1: Well, it means when you go to cut the fillet off of the, of the fish, there's not going to be blood in the fillet. Mm-hmm. And it definitely works. I, I, you know Jim Schultz, a guy who we both respect quite a bit, uh, fishes out of Pikedale, Um, he does it to all his fish and swears by it. I don't do it. Don't think I'm going to start doing it. Have never been able to do a taste test with, like, the fish I clean and one that's been cut. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think they end up looking a whole lot different. So, like, my normal routine, if I was keeping fish to clean or to eat for myself, is I would butcher them. I would put them in a bunch of water, and wash them, and then I would soak them in water for might just be a couple hours to a a day.
0: Yeah, overnight maybe. Yep,
1: and I think soaking them does essentially what...
0: Gets all that blood out of there.
1: Yeah, I think, but I have to just admit that I've never done it the other way. So, I don't know. My fillets are, like, fairly bloody when I'm...
0: Mine are exceptionally bloody. Yeah,
1: cause you cut cut into the guts too. I just go you make right a in, freaking mess, man. I go into it. Yep.
0: It's about speed. <laughs> it's about speed, baby. But, um, yeah i I noticed like if my if my fish die in the live well, which haven't I don't bleed them out either. You know, you see, you know, my cousin Ryan does it, and then he puts them uh, on a cooler with ice instead of put them in his live well, so he doesn't have that mess in his live well. He's, he's got a death cooler, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, a good name, maybe for a <laughs> rock band, um, but not something I probably want uh, in my guide boat. Right. But, I, I mean, I, if they die in my live well, those, those flays come out just white as can be, um, very little cleaning needed, but I, I'm with you, where if you leave them in your fridge overnight, maybe, with that full bowl of water, you drain it and you you're ready to eat mm-hmm. it seems like mm-hmm. um but for like me for my clients and stuff i want to have ensure i have the freshest fish possible i want those fish live healthy as best i can right um, i don't want them which
1: yeah that's for sure that used to be the priority i mean like in fact one big uh, uh one pitch for warrior boats is that like those live wells keep fish forever forever even if it's even if the water's 77 degrees they those fish are super happy mm-hmm. especially in that transom live well like the one in the back Yep. they they're not bounced around uh, they're in good shape right up until you thump them on the head um, but I don't know we could try it we could try to compare I honestly so much of this stuff with like with with fish and fish taste I just don't think you it actually makes that big of a difference just eat it I think you just eat it, especially if it's fried fish. Like, come on, you guys! You get to batter and fry it, and then dip it in some tartar sauce, and you tell an me a. like, "Oh yeah, thank goodness I bled them out." <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong. You're, you're a tartar a... sauce guy, huh? Lately, have you? Lately, I've been just doing changing it. it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. I if I do anything, I'll do a little bit of ketchup. If no, it's real fishy. are you kidding me? Uh. Uh-uh. Ketchup for the p- little bit of potatoes, ketchup for a little bit of the fish.
1: God, I never had my opinion of someone's...
0: Are you out of your freaking no, mind? What about really eggs? Do you put them in scrambled no, eggs? No, no, no. Oh. You really don't like ketchup on your fish? Mm. Just a little bit, of just a little dunk? No. A little dunk? Oh, pardon me. I need to put this, some a tartar <laughs> sauce onto my right yeah, for my feet. I fish. might be a huge
1: hypocrite, but that sounds—it's not bad. Terrible.
0: Uh, like if you got like a hot water fish, you know, coming out of Midsummer Lake where they're a little bit fishy, regardless of the species. Sure, cuts down on a little bit of the, little mm. bit of the stank. I think I'm gonna. Do you like tartar sauce? Yeah,
1: but I'm you just too just too never cheap. Have it. Too you cheap never to buy have it. it. You always yeah. have ketchup. Yeah, right.
0: Okay. That seems like me, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. i sure. <laughs> sure I don't mind tartar sauce, but I can go buy it. Uh-huh. All right. What are we doing next? You seem, I mean, you were just disgusted by that. Yeah,
1: I'm having a hard time processing this <laughs> right now. <laughs> uh, you well, got the list here. Oh. Transition season.
0: We are in it. We are in it. I'm going to transition to the different season. It's a cliche, but it's like for sure, <laughs> for sure here. It's, uh, but we're going to transition into the longest pattern we'll have from, you know, middle of July till almost beginning, middle of September. They're going to pretty well be doing the same thing every day where you're going to find them. Deeper. You're either going to find them in the weeds, or you're going to find them in deeper water. Mm-hmm. Um, for us, it's on clam beds, which doesn't seem to be as prevalent anymore, but it certainly does hold some value. Um, but it, that's going to be what we're going to be doing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh,
1: hard to soft transitions. Yep. But I think like I'm I'm hoping that I feel different, right? Because I like there are a certain amount of fish that we end up knowing about that are not super cooperative. But those fish are generally, like, fairly well known of, fairly well harassed. And, like, for us, like, the same fish over and over again, right? Mm-hmm. If we go to Lake X, we've got four, five. Or, five, four or five spots that we're going to check, and there's going to be a few walleyes around there, and sometimes they're going to bite, sometimes they're not. Mm-hmm. But I do think there's lots of other stuff out there, probably, that we don't know about that uh, could change our opinion of, of the midsummer fishing certainly part of that's maybe pulling cranks part of that's largely soft bottom stuff i think like that's like a big like uh goal of mine is to look at more soft bottom stuff in that like 22 to 30 feet of water range because there are some guides in this region not in our like locality you know that do it but there are guides in cast lake bemidji area Who they they just figure out some like either suspended fish or basin fish, and it's not like. Oh, I don't know. I I think it is super clever. In my opinion, it's super clever. They find something, and it might it's gonna involve speed and it's gonna involve like covering a fair amount of water, but it ends up with like a pretty good looking live well. For sure. So like those are the things I'm, like working on. It's hard to you can't you just can't go do that when you're guiding. You can't
0: just go drive big basins of twenty five feet of water and hope that there's some walleyes out there. Do you think you could side image those fish in that on the soft bottom in the deep water where you're mm-hmm. not necessarily gonna see the bottom very well? Depends on the depth, I think. I don't know for sure, but
1: I like saw some yesterday on top bottom. Um, and they like they mark w- like if they're in your I think they have it has more to do with like range, right? If they're in your under fifty window? Yep. If they're in your under fifty window, which then if you're in twenty five feet you're actually only looking out twenty five feet. So like your under fifty window shrinks considerably. They mark super well. But I don't I don't have enough confidence in my graph to put it out to like a hundred feet and look at a bunch of soft stuff and know if they're if I'm seeing fish or mm-hmm. not.
0: Interesting. You know, what I used to do is I used to not pay any attention to anything ever. And I would just go drive around because my idea was, oh, yeah, There 25 to 30. I wouldn't pay no attention to the bottom content. I'd just go driving and see if I could see some. Mm-hmm. And like on a little lake that we fish very seldom now that was good for us for quite a while. Like, I would catch fish out of, like, 35 feet, not having a clue what I was looking at. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that was mud, but not seeing how that's pertinent to anything we're talking about. But I would just go fish instead of, you know, trying to be methodical about sure. it and be smart like, about it. Yeah. I was out there to fish, not... Well, fishing a
1: map sometimes is, like, good, right? I assume that's what you were mm-hmm. doing right you weren't just like in no man's land you're like well this is like a little different than the rest of the stuff around it i'm going to go see if there's fish hanging here and fishing a map still holds like I, people have talked you know they ask about our electronics and all that stuff right and right now i have i've got a map screen a 2d a down image and a side image mm-hmm. and if you only let me have one i think i would still choose a map
0: you know the difference between you and a lorance guy what lorance guy would only add a sonar have a sonar on. Cause they don't have very good mapping.
1: <laughs> Dude, now we're gonna get first it was the Skeeter guys coming after us. <laughs> now the Lorance guys are gonna be bad. Why are you talking shit about Rance? Because they don't have Lake
0: Master chips. Barry Lorance was my grandfather. Is that a true is Barry Lorance who started lorance I don't know. That was pretty clever, though. Look at you go, Dan. I don't think it's that clever.
1: Um, yeah, I, I think for you and I, it's like in 10 days, we'll fish walleyes for an hour and a half on a morning half day, and then we'll go fish panfish. Right now, we don't have, like, a great beat on what the panfish are doing. So Barely people, starting to show up, I think. Yep. If people want to fish fry, though, like, it's hard not to just,
0: like, Sorry, I think we gotta like stick with the walleye and grind a little bit. Yeah. Um, I've been bailing and going trying to catch bluegills, and mm-hmm. that's been mediocre at best. Right.
1: Whereas, like, in 10 days, you go from like mediocre walleye fishing to like gangbusters crappie mm-hmm. fishing, where people, like, a lot of my customers through July now, were people who wanted to fish walleyes and i did this plan i like give me an hour to fish crappies at the end and help you like fill out the fish fry and now they're like yeah we don't care about walleyes we would just like to go catch a bunch of crappies because that's a bunch because we're going to catch a bunch Mm -hmm. of crappies but we're not quite there yet so (laughs) give it a give it 10 days right we'll have a different tune Let's take another break. We'll talk about some, like, boat prep stuff, gear preps, things you should look at as we're, like, getting into summer. Cool.
0: This episode of While I Talk is brought to you by Secret Lake Tackle. Secret Lake Tackle spinners have been a very important part of my program the last two weeks, and it could be very important to you as well. Uh, with high-quality spinners, handmade, only sold in Longville, Minnesota... They're a very niche item to have in your tackle box that makes the big difference at the end of your day. All right. So we're coming up to the 4th of July week, with. for both of us is a little bit slower, uh, generally, because we take time off. But that's a good opportunity for us to do some prep work to our vessels and to our equipment to make sure they're functioning properly. And maybe make some changes if we're going to make changes. Um, Dan, what are you going to do with your limited time to improve
1: uh, your program? Yeah, so like I end up For with, fishing. I got it. Oh. I, I know what you're okay. talking about. All right, good. <laughs> um, I end up with like a lot of random tackle on my dash hmm that's like um well it's very easy to find then well that's it <laughs> like I, I leave it on the dash there like by my graphs if it's stuff that is probably going to be of use in the next like week but I like to like put that way put that stuff away eventually do a like recap on the jig situation because you're like it's not it's definitely not like premier it's not like prime jigging season Mm -hmm. so you can like lose track of the fact that you only have like four eighth ounce jigs left in a parrot color or something you know and like it might be it could any day could be a jig day for sure so like doing a little like inventory on the stuff you're gonna need throughout the season also i don't know if it's still the case but like last year and like we heard hints of it this year that tackle like the resupply of tackle has been an issue like tackle shops have been getting like a decent like spring order but then their their reorder for stuff they might need is a little cha- more challenging so like being on top of that like anything you might need from 4th of July through October like that week is a good week to try to figure out what that might be make a shopping list and just like go spend a bunch right now so that you're not like wishing you had bought number two octopus chartreuse hooks. Yep. And, like, that might be a thing. It could very well be a thing, and you're probably not going to need a lot of number two octopus chartreuse hooks this week, but in August you're going to. So um, I'm going to do, like, a mid-season shopping trip. Monofilament issues. Like, if you have any mono rods that are giving you issues, you know, like some of them are running low online, now's a good time to... to redo that stuff um mono's just for sure like a you just have to cycle through it a bunch for sure and you can get three schools out of one big school, school. Of, right yeah. one big spool. so like it's three and a half bucks a. Reel. not a big deal not a big deal right not something you should like milk like if there's a problem with it just like start over three and a half bucks we spent three and a half bucks on like one day's worth of salted nut rolls. Not a big deal.
0: No way. They're way too cheap to ever be. Not if you eat six of them. Do you eat six of them? No. That would be problems. That would be a that would be a big problem. All right. You're just
1: getting away from the main point. Okay, I thing. understand. Monofilament is a like a supply that you burn through
0: and regularly. It's not that big of a hassle as
1: long as you just do it all in one shot. No, I started keeping some in the boat now so that like. An extra spool. Yeah. Yep. So, like, if there's an issue, like, it takes me, it'll take me two minutes while we're fishing. I'll just re-spool this guy. No big deal. And then we don't have to deal with these issues anymore.
0: That's one thing I was going to touch on as well is I switch a lot of my, a lot of my stuff now. Um, I've got six pound on right now. I'm going to put fresh six six pound on for this... Next stretch of jigging, we're gonna do mm-hmm. because the first two months have been hell on my mono rods, pitching jigs and minnows. You notice when you cast a jig and a minnow, they go, <laughs> yep, it's just it's it's happened a lot. So, um, I'm gonna strip that all down, put them all on, make sure all my jigging rods are six nine medium heavy or six nine medium lights, put them on long light rods for pitching in the weeds so that catching crappies are enjoyable, catching wallies in the weeds are enjo- enjoyable. Um, I'm gonna make sure I do that. Um, I'm going to freshen up, which I do while I'm in the boat. But I'm gonna make I'm gonna pull off like 10, 15 feet of braid, braid, cut it off, re-tie to my Lindy rigs, make sure everything. I am terrible at that. I just let them go and let them go and let them go. You know what though? Doesn't
1: happen. Doesn't happen. What well, doesn't happen? You even. I mean, somebody will for sure have a story, but I have never had braid break on a fish. Well, I'm worried about wind knots and, and whatnot. Oh, sure. But, like, on your rigging rods, like, my rigging rods have braid that's, like, I run out of it. That's when I change braid. Really? When I run low.
0: Really? Yeah. You don't
1: just put fresh stuff on just for the hell of it? I mean, no. When they're running low, I do, but I've never, never interesting had on a rigging rod never had it break above the weight
0: on a fish no yeah i can't say i have either Mm-mm. but i also cut off like 15 feet of it quite often i don't when it fades i don't I'm like dude i can't I have know, this i know it looks sort of fun- funky but really it hasn't broken on me interesting well hopefully it continues like when we do go fish, it, when we go fish a cast lake tournament, you're not going to cut off 15 feet and put fresh everything on. I mean, you, put, you put it in my head now, so maybe. You absolutely should. What if that's the variable that keeps us from catching a giant one out of 48 feet of water? Right, you might be right. It only we fished right. it 14 hours. We've earned a bite out of that deep water.
1: You know what we needed? We needed five ounces of weight to pull spinners on those fish. You thought about that yet? <laughs> we needed to be pulling spinners in 60 feet. <laughs> We need a, b- a bottom bouncer ball. I just want to go to bed because I'm strung out because I did two half days, and all I'm thinking about is, like, God, I think we could have got him on spinners. <laughs> <laughs> Give me some purple rain. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's. I think that's, like, the important stuff. Um, anything with the boat? I,
0: I washed mine the other day. <laughs> I used some of that <laughs> sriracha sauce. Don't say that. Fire sauce. Don't say that. I've been using that. Taco sauce all over it. <laughs> <laughs> no, the stuff worked good. It does work good. It smells it good. It smells good. Mm-hmm. It's like hops number nine. Yep. Yeah, it's, a, it's that's nice. a big part of it. Like,
1: it makes me, like, far more open to doing it because I, like, it's, I like, guess. Yeah, Don't mind the smell. Yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. I would, you know, what I was, I had to do is uh, wash some of the worm dirt out of the, uh, out of the drain. Really? Like, well, you know you're gonna get a splashy day pretty quick, and if it's full of worm dirt, you're—it's not gonna drain that well. <laughs> like you gotta vacuum that that drain, or even take it out. I I have gotten in the habit of taking mine out and spraying it clean. Get it really clean. Yep. Just so you're not standing in water. I think my boat is pretty bulletproof, though. I don't think there's
0: anything. You could probably have water up to the gunnels and still be able to catch some walleyes of it. Don't test that theory, though, please. I don't think... Yeah, I don't think it could. (laughs) All right. Well, we got to do a Groundhog Day. And in order to do that, we need to take a break.
1: This week's episode of All I Talk is brought to you by Muskie House Marine in Longville. You've heard us rant and rave about all of the services they offer. Uh, One thing that is very key for this time of year is that they have lots and lots of stuff to rent to make your 4th of Fourth v- of July vacation worthwhile. Any of the water sports stuff you might be interested in, if you're missing something, maybe you don't have to buy it. Maybe you can just call Muskie House and rent out a stand-up paddleboard or a kayak, something like that. They've got lots of rental stuff available, and of course they got the stuff for purchase as well. Stop in and check out all of the rentals and the sales stuff they have at Muskie House Marine.
0: Are you ready for a Groundhog Day? Yep. I got a fun one. You're, you're, be- gonna, you're
1: better at asking them than I am. You're
0: going to really enjoy this one. So it's the end of September, maybe the first of October. Okay, you and Graham, this is 12 <gasps> years down the road. Oh, my goodness. You and Graham, you're going on a cast and blast camping adventure, and you're going to be camping at Pike Bay.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, your goal is to shoot... Six grouse, which I don't expect you to explain how you're going to shoot six grouse. Maybe we'll do less. Maybe we'll do four grouse. But you're going to get Graham's first grouse on this trip. Okay. And you're also going to have to catch, you and Graham are going to have to catch your limited walleyes. Oh. But, well, it's, but it's the end of yeah. September, beginning of October. Twelve walleyes, so, six grouse. Exactly. And you're camping at Pike Bay. got a nice Life weekend. Life is good, dude. I, I, you might live there for a month. You're right. Right. I think we could do
1: it in two days. Ah, the, part's gonna
0: hate the grouse up, part so. is going to hang me up. The grouse part is going to hang me up. Sonny, but, he's going to be an old dog. For sure, got a... Oh, my goodness. Oh, boy, I sad. should not no. have brought that up. <laughs> really. <laughs> um,
1: We're going to grouse hunt in the morning. We're not going to hit the water right away think the walleyes are going to be... I assume that I can catch 12 keepers off of Pike Bay pretty easy. I assume that. I could be very wrong. Could be very, very wrong. I don't think so, though. Could be. Could be. But I'm going to go, like... I'm going to call my buddy Lee, and I'm going to say, like, hey, Lee, I need to shoot a bunch of grouse, and I need you to help me. <laughs> and he'll... Talk about, he just romanticizes everything. He'll be like, well, you know, my father-in-law, Gary. Gary Clancy is Lee's father-in-law. Like, a a Minnesota legend.
0: A true legend. Yep.
1: And uh, Lee has benefited from that. Some and I have benefited from that. Like, the dude knew a lot about a lot. Mm -hmm. He used to shoot just giant whitetail in Canada with muzzleloaders. Did you know that?
0: No, I didn't know that.
1: Absolute giants. And Lee was recapping a story where he aimed like seven feet up into the left of this buck because the wind was blowing like forty-five miles an hour. You're kidding. And just dropped it stung cold down. Crushed it. Yeah. Seven feet with the muzzle loader. Just like playing the wind. <laughs> we needed him kicking field goals for the Vikings. No kidding, huh? <laughs> anyway, I'm gonna go north like an hour from there, and we're gonna spend probably like five hours shooting grouse. And gonna, how we're gonna do it? You've only got two and a half hours then to catch to catch walleyes. That's all right. What we're gonna do is we're gonna get on our electric mountain bikes, and we're gonna just buzz through the woods real nice and quiet. Nice. And then we're gonna see five of them in one little aspen stand on the trees, and we're gonna sneak in there. And I'm going to tell Graham to line two of them up.
0: And crush them.
1: Yep. So he'll, he won't he will kill one grouse. That, it, it won't be his first grouse. He's going to kill two with one shot. And then I'm going to miss the other three in the air. But we'll end up with four. We'll end up with four. Graham will get one more uh, out of a tree or on the ground. And then I'll get lucky and kill one out of the air somehow. you scare it with the mountain bike. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're going to just vertically jig... Uh, a bunch of walleyes and catch them real, real quick. Jigging a minnow. Jigging a rainbow. Vertically jigging. um, Yeah. All in Pike Bay. All in Pike Bay. I'm not going to
0: Cass. Awesome. Cass
1: is... Cass is something, dude. (laughs) My buddy Matt fishes Cass like quite a bit through the summer. That lake is a pain in the ass these days. I fish Cass on opener and in September. Uh So I'm like, this is a Frickin' great lake, dude. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But I mean, even in September it's kicked my ass a couple times. Midsummer, dude, that one is can be pretty brutal. You're going deep, deep. Mm-hmm. And then they're usually like mostly dinks. You know? I I don't I you know, I just don't know a whole lot about it. But I think it is a very challenging lake in in large part due to zebra mussels. Zebras. Mm-hmm.
0: Zebras. Speaking of zebras, I loved your I loved your uh, your answer though. Sure, it was really good, high quality. Speaking of zebras, done listening to me talk. Yeah, speaking of zebras. Let's listen. We're gonna listen to you on a different topic. Okay. All right, we've got DNR updates. Oh yeah, we gotta go for the uh, for the local area. Um, So I was talking to uh, one of those AIS inspectors Mm -hmm. at a local lake. Mm -hmm. She had a map of the you know. Not just Cass County, but Crowing County and Aiken County and from pretty much from Lacks North. And we're in kind of a good zone here where there's not a ton of invasive species in our little area. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh she was talking about Leech Lake and how it's very unique in that usually when they find zebra mussels, it takes two seasons after that. And it's kind of it had been kind of the rule, two seasons after they find these. that they just absolutely explode. everywhere. Absolutely everywhere. All sorts
1: of stories. They're stuck to docks everywhere. People are finding them on, like, junk in the water.
0: Right. And that hasn't been the case out there. So they're doing a big study out there to see what the cause of the slowed zebra mussel, um, the slowed zebra mussel um, growth is. Yeah. And it's kind of interesting to to think about because I don't know if I've really seen the effects of it. I don't know if I've really noticed the effects of it thus far.
1: No way. No way we have. Right. I don't think we've
0: seen very uh, abundantly clear water. Mm -hmm. I've never caught a zebra mussel out here. And I don't know if it's because of the area we're fishing or if it's... That I'm not dragging bottom with everything I'm doing or what it is, but mm. you know we go up to cast and you you can't help but catch them. Right. So Everywhere. what's the difference?
1: Doesn't matter if you're in six feet of water or thirty-five feet of water, you're going to catch zebes. Yeah. I don't know. It's a good question. I'm I would be more curious about how the um, progression happened on Malax than a bigger body, walker. winnier cast because like. Like, you're on, you're on Winnie, you're on Winnie, you're like, yeah, it's big water. We're on Leech, it's big water. But, like, uh, Leech is just about ten times as big as Cass. Like, ten times. Like, it's frickin' huge. And it's, even Winnie, how big is Winnie? Uh, I think it's...
0: 30,000? 30, 30, 30 to
1: 35,000, I think. Could be way it. off, but something like that. So,
0: it's four times as big as Winnie. Plus, you've got all the bays and whatnot. Mm-hmm. so water doesn't necessarily circulate throughout right. the whole thing as well.
1: Right. Like if it was in Walker Bay, like what would the march look like to get to Leech Lake, Main Lake, which is like a different body of water that's connected by a two
0: two, two channels. Two bro.
1: channels. Um, not to say it's not going to get there eventually, but I do wonder if that's like part of
0: the. But where they found him was on the main lake. Up by they found him out by five mile and then they found him by the roosevelt canal
1: hmm i had heard about him on in a harbor on walker bay
0: oh maybe that's where they found him it's not the roosevelt canal but they found him certainly by five mile
1: hmm well yeah that's like right in the heart of that's the it shit
0: that's it mm-hmm. like if it blows any direction it's going somewhere right but why haven't they taken hold and that's what they're trying to find out hmm. i thought it was very interesting
1: yeah it's good news man I. That could be a very defining part of our career. If that lake gets gin clear, mm-hmm. it would be tough news.
0: But could you imagine trying to do it without imaging? No, no way. The imaging is going to be the the only way you can be successful. I bet when it get when it does get super clear, this is bound to happen, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. So you got to pitch, and you the only way you can do it well is if you can see them. You're going to see them, I would think. They're mm-hmm. not going to just, like, you look at the last uh, two weeks ago, they had the aim out there and the head-to-head. All they did was pitch shallow. Mm-hmm. It's not like the fish leave the shallow water, yeah. Yep, but that, you just can't, very, you yeah. can't float over them anymore. That's
1: very clear on cast, too. Like, they don't leave the sh- shallow water. They're not, like, super bogged because it's bright and clear, you know? They're still in there, but... Your approach is going to have to be different.
0: Be very, very sneaky, sir.
1: Mm-hmm. Which is, like, an okay outcome, right? Um, I mean, I would prefer it to not change. I like the way we get to fish Leech Lake right now, but um, that's at least, like, a problem you can adapt to. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's lots of lakes with Zebes, and most of them are still pretty good fisheries. I don't want them everywhere. I hope it takes a long time for them to get everywhere, but right. might happen. Might happen. What else is new in the DNR? So I had uh, just the last note before we wrap this thing up. Uh, I, I was comparing two of our local lakes. One of them is about 3,500 acres. One of them's 1,200 acres or so, somewhere around there. And the big one is, like, a pretty fertile lake. Like, I think it supports life real well. Also doesn't get a ton of pressure comparatively, wouldn't you agree?
0: Yeah, without question.
1: Um, And has some real nice walleyes on it. I I fish it fairly regularly through the midsummer. haven't fished it yet. Um, I happen to hate this lake. (laughs) Yeah, because it's not leech. Correct. You like two lakes.
0: Three lakes. I like three. Three. And the one one of them you like has not been good to you. Like, yeah, okay. the one, one, one of my favorite ones, my favorite little lake, mm-hmm. I've caught like, yeah, it's kicked your ass. Yeah. Not very many walleyes. Though. Right. One of them you hate, a couple of them you hate have been like pretty good to you. Mm.
1: Anyway. Mm. So the, tw- the smaller lake has been stocked. The Love bigger lake Love is naturally pre- reproducing. I feel like it's one that the DNR sort of hangs their head on. It's like, this one's in good shape. It's been managed well. It's a fishery that's taking care of itself. But from my experience, and mostly based on the graph, the 1,200-acre lake has a million more walleyes than the 3,500-acre lake. The 12.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 okay.
1: The the smaller one has just bunches. It's freaking loaded with walleyes right now. Stacked. And they don't always bite, give us all sorts of problems. But there is a bunch of them out mm-hmm. there. And this other one that, like, if you just compared them, and I knew, like, the surveys show that it, like, has good numbers of walleyes. What's the deal? And my main question was, I was asking these guys because I was wondering, do I just need to spend more time on the 3,500-acre lake? Like, is it a me problem? Like, can, do I just need to find more fish out there? Because I can go out there and be over... 30 fish regularly and get, a, you know, 5 to 10 bites. But the smaller one we're talking about... You're, you're over
0: a, hundreds a of fish shit pile of walleyes.
1: Yes, yeah, most of the time. Yeah. And so if they're in the mood, you're going to have a real good day. If they're Crusher not in day. the mood, you're going to have, like, an okay day. Um, but this big one, if they're not in the mood and you're only over 30 of them, you're going to have a pretty tough day. And so I was wondering, like, is this the difference between a stocked lake and a not stocked lake? Because we have, like, this bumper crop of 15 inchers on the smaller lake that I assume are stocked fish. Don't know that for sure, but I assume they are. And they just, like, hit it just perfectly.
0: And they're pretty pretty cooperative when when fish are... Even when fishing is poor, you get those a few of those ones to cooperate.
1: Yep, yep, yep. Um... And the big one is not stocked. Is that is that what's going on, or is it possibly that the big one is one that has a bunch of little snaky pike on it? And this is like what they're trying to solve with the pike slot.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, there are for sure just a shit pile they of they that pike
0: lake with muskies to try to, try to, to cut deal it with down. it. Yep, yep.
1: Um, is that part of the problem? And like I don't think that those snaky pike necessarily mean that they're not. That There aren't a bunch of walleye's in there, but if there's a bunch of snaky pike, you're gonna have a real hard time getting baits to the walleye's. Right. Especially if you're trying to do a weed edge thing or anything. It's it's gonna be real challenging, even if you're fishing a jig and a nightcrawler, jig and a leech. Oh, they hard. can't help it. Mm-mm. They're snaky, they're starving, they need to eat. They're going to bite it. Yep. Um, and basically the answer I got from the fisheries guys was like, good question, Dan. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> could be both. Surveys are great out there. There's a bunch of walleyes out there. There are for for sure a bunch of snaky pike, and you might be, like, experiencing, like, the problem we're trying to solve with the new pike slots. Um, And then also, like, maybe I just don't know enough about the lake. 3,500 acres is a lot of water to cover, and um, I maybe just need to be doing more driving. I hope that's the answer. Honestly, I hope it's, like, that I'm not that good at fishing that lake yet. That's, like, way better news for both of us. For
0: sure. But those fish on the bigger lake, they tend to be much bigger size. Nicer ones. Much bigger size. Yep. And, you know, it could be just part of the time of the year, because generally we're out there July, August, early September, Mm -hmm. fishing deep water. Right. Probably where a bigger fish is going to live. Yeah. Yep. I would like to, I'm going to, I've got,
1: I might have some time to fish by myself in the next couple days. And if I do, that's where I want to go. That's a problem. See, those folks in Iowa are always complaining about that derecho or whatever. Like the we, what? You know, that big windstorm that happened. Knocked oh, yeah. a bunch of crops over. I feel like this is like well, we, yeah, lost, we, made a mess we lost. We lost a bush light and a piece of mail, man. Like <laughs> they shouldn't be complaining that much. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that was the wrong thing to say, Dan. <laughs> okay. With that, that's those are our parting words. We're out of here. Thank you for listening. This has been a long long walleye talk. My name is Will Neuer.
1: I'm Dan Ryan. We'll see you next week.